There he is. Hi, Chad. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no that name is actually one I recognize. Well, it was, I, I just have the school's iPad, and my, my computer right now is so old. How old is it? That I'm afraid it's going to crash at any given moment, so I don't, I don't use it for like anything like this. Yeah. Becomes, I'm afraid it'll just all of a sudden, it just shuts off just like that. And I cleaned out a bunch of space and storage for it, but at the same time, I mean, the thing is 10 years old. So. <laughs> well, it looks okay. Looks good. Yeah. Just waiting on uh, Patty. So how was your mother's day? It was fine. Call mom and uh, call my sister, who's also a mother. We had a nice visit with them. I think we're going to try to go up and see my mom and dad on Friday. Oh, good. Just for the day. Drive up, have lunch, and then come, come right back. Yeah. Um, they, they, head, they head up north every summer. Um, they go up to Vermont, and they're going to leave uh, the first week of June. So it's probably the best time to go see cool. them is now. So, yeah, there yeah. it is. I see a ceiling. This is like my drum lessons. It's like you can, you always see the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> you never see the kid's face. That's good. That's better that way. There, there we are. go. Cool. I'm going to refill my coffee bear a bit. Is that a mask on your head? Or are you happy to see me? There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, it, it occurred to me that everybody's wearing these these homemade masks walking around. It looks like they have panties strapped to their face. Mm. Which I'm okay with. You ask. Are you happy to see <laughs> us, Patrick? Or is that a it's music notes on his head? We all have matching masks now. These these are uh, courtesy oh, really? of Ellen, Ellen Reeves made these. Ellen Ott. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's so, so, unfortunately, mine, she made mine like this. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I, well, I do, but I'm not going to get into that. So, so we all have, we're supposed to. Uh, Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. That's cool. It's like, conti it's like continuing our rat poison theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just going, it's just going round and round. Oh. <laughs> so, this is the Slappercast episode number 66. Hopefully, it is anyway. Not sure if this stuff is going to be usable or not. How's your coffee today? It's not bad. Good. Coffee good? Not as good as it usually is. Oh. <laughs> you showing your mug so I got my mug. So, okay, this is kind of awkward. Does Chad have an account? Is, <laughs> There's is that. This a, is this a real Zoom account? Yeah, it's a paid account. So, so we'll, cut us, we'll cut us off in 45 minutes like it's supposed to? I think, I think they switched that when it became so popular. Right on. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, what do you do? Do you need do anything for Mother's Day, Patrick? No, um, I'm I'm a dad. <laughs> you, you know him, mother, then? Oh yes, yes, yes. I know quite a few. Thank oh, you. Um, yeah, no, he does. Before we go too, we've we, you know we uh, we we have you know a couple of things coming up that are you know we're hanging out to people have been emailing us asking about the uh, about um, you know future dates. Yeah. Yeah, so we're ticking them off as we go, and we're trying to get up. But it does look a lot of you know it, a lot of it looks, you know, like like they're going to start to happen. You know, we're going to have that 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 news coming up here pretty soon. Also, yeah, uh, yeah we, we we also just uh, want to start our uh, start by thanking our friend Sharon 
in Florida, or in, in uh, Sharon Bodden. She's a big fan of Irish music, and we've we've stayed in touch this whole time. She's a, uh, so that was a huge, great surprise yesterday, and very, very, very grateful, Sharon. Thank you. Yeah, that was a really nice surprise. And, and also, since we haven't seen uh, Ellen, that sounds good, Eric. By the way, like it. Mm. Mm. Are, you, uh, mm. are you doing your kegels? So it is your Kegel exercise. I'm done. I'm I'm uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not following what's going on. But this is from Ellen, and uh, she made she, like I say, she made all of us one of these. So mine's mine's already been in use. So thank you. Just uh, you know, we, we find out how generous everybody is. And uh, I guess that bird to introduce himself. I guess maybe what <laughs> bird the bird on a on Eric's camera <laughs> louder than he is. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Have this we, is uh, funny because Zoom keeps switching. It, it hears the bird and switches to your camera because it thinks you're talking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, the, the yeah, we also is... got a, tip, a big tip from uh, our friend April uh, yesterday as well. And a couple of other people who are watching. Nice. I put up uh, as an, sort of an experiment. I was rebroadcasting a couple of our shows yesterday. Um, and people were sending us tips during them as well. So it was kind of Sweet. Really nice. This is going great. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I shaved. Yeah. I'm going to uh I'm gonna I'm gonna head outside with Eric. Okay. Chad, we're doing okay. Looks fine to me. Cool. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I need some help from you guys. Be, there's gotta be something we can talk about. We're going to talk about the Bunny Carlos story and how he how he oh, broke yeah. up cheap trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about Bunny. Bun, Bunizuela. Okay. Bunizuela Carlos. Yeah, it's Bun Bun E B U N space capital E period. This is like 2010. This is right after I started doing interviews, the drum the drummer interviews, and I had done. W.S. Holland, who we mentioned last week, was Johnny Cash's drummer. Yeah. I, got in touch, I got in touch with Dave Hartman from Southern Culture on the Skids. Oh, and cool. Interviewed, good yeah, yeah. Interviewed, and good, good buddy. Interviewed him, so I was kind of getting my chops together. And I saw that Cheap Trick was coming to Austin to do um, the Auditorium Shores show during South by Southwest. They usually did a big concert down there, and they were the headliner on um i think the uh thursday or friday night i can't remember which so i got a hold of their management and just flat out said i'm doing this project for the percussive arts society and i'd love to interview bunny carlos and knowing that full well he's a big hero of mine it would be just fun to meet him and uh it went through their lawyers and went through the management it went through all these people but they agreed to go ahead and do it and they said okay you can you can interview Bunny Carlos from 11 to 11:45 at the Radisson Hotel on you know Cesar Chavez in Congress on whatever day this is, and this is about a week before, so I didn't want to get I didn't want want to clog up their you know information highway too soon. So I was like, yes, this is exciting. So it's Tuesday before, and I'm on spring. I was teaching school, then I'm on spring break. I'm home like painting something or doing something, and I get this email that says. We apologize, but Bunny will not be able to do the interview this Friday. Bunny. And I was, I was like, ah, damn it. 
And then I found out that he had literally quit the band that week. Wow. This is like after yeah. this is after this is after the fact. So so he was they were basically either about to start heading out to Austin or I'm not sure what the situation was that particular week, but he basically said, I'm done. Fuck this, I'm done. But um as it turns out, he actually he actually didn't quit the band. He just said, I'm not playing. I'm not playing this week, and I'm probably not going to play next week, and I'm probably not going to play the week after that. So for almost a couple years, he was still a full-paid member of the band um, until I think they finally found a dollar figure to buy him out of his partnership with, with the group. And since then, he's, he's, he's not been in the band anymore. And, um, you know, Dax, had, uh, Dax is Rick Nielsen's kid, and Dax had, you know, Dax had grown up, obviously, in a musical family, playing drums his first real big gig was with dick dale uh the guitar player so you know dax did a couple tours with dick dale and you know got his chops together and played with a couple other bands and i think rick just said come on we're gonna here's here's the set list uh we're gonna you gotta play this week with us and he's been the drummer ever since then now what i've heard was and what i've read was from both sides um bunny and uh rick um, now Bunny and Robin Zander they just stopped getting along years ago, mm. you know, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult when, um, you know, you've been in a band for 30 years or whatever, and it's just someone starts getting on your nerves, I guess. But like Bunny wanted to do like, you know, they did the Sgt. Pepper's record in Vegas and it was right. a good money, good money maker. I saw that show a bunch of years ago. Oh, Jeff Emmerich was the, uh, was the front of house engineer, by the way, for that show, which is kind of nice. kind of awesome. Yeah, me and one, me and me and one, when they when they introduced him, me and one other guy like jumped out of our seats and ran over to the board. Yeah, you know, we we knew who he was. You know, no one else knew. So like, cool. oh yeah, that's great, it's front of house guy. Yeah. Like, holy shit, it's fucking Jeff Emery. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so so and and that and that show, I guess, for them was pretty lucrative. And, and Bunny wanted to do a few more, like kind of in between when they weren't touring. And when they weren't doing other stuff, he'd say, why don't we just do this for like a couple of weeks? We get to stay there. We get paid really well. It's fun. People like it. And Robin didn't want to do it. He wanted to just not do that kind of stuff. So I guess I got on his nerves. But oh. so I never got a chance to interview him. Um, but in the meantime, since then, I've actually had a chance to meet him. And that was great. It was a, finally had a chance to actually um, I went to the Chicago drum show uh, a couple of years back for the first time, which is kind of like a big swap meet for drummers. It's 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 a lot of shit. It's a lot of junk. Um, there's some good stuff. There's some new stuff like, you know, Sabian shows up and uh, some, some of the, um, you know, Ludwig of course shows up cause they're based right there in Chicago. Um, but I mean, a lot, it's a lot of like secondhand, thirdhand kind of stuff. Like oh, I'm looking for, this is what kills me with the vintage guys too. It's like, I'm looking for a wing nut for a 1965 Slingerland. It's like, just, just go to the hardware store buy a wing nut it's gonna work it's fine but you know people are like psychotic about that kind of shit so anyway bunny bunny and one of his buddies had a booth there they had, they had an end booth with some vintage stuff and and um and so i walked by and I'm like, holy fuck that's bunny carlos and everybody makes like, yeah just go say hi so i said hi and told him that we had a you know at that point we were working on a cheap trick cover band and i was a big fan of his and he was really gracious and very kind and I'm sure he gets that all the time kind of a thing, but it was good to kind of meet him. And he was just, he's very down to earth, very nice. But then I found out too, and this is, this is a good thing. I found out like on Friday night during Chicago drum show, 
all the guys get in their cars and they drive out to they drive out to uh, Rockford, and they go to his farm where he's got like a you know a warehouse full of just drums, you know. And I've never I've I, I could probably go if I wanted to, but Rockford's like an hour away, and we know exactly always, where like, Rockford. It's always where we stay. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a, he's got a place out there, and at one point I think he was trying to get a drum set in every um, finish that Ludwig ever made. Imagine wow. that. That's yeah. a lot of drums. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Of, that's a lot of finishes. You know, it's like trying trying to get every Fender guitar from 1955 till now in in whatever finish that they've ever made. Yeah, you know. So that's anyway, sweet. that's the. That's that's the bunny story. Great guy, very nice, very very charming. Obviously, didn't get along with with the rest of the band. But if you watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, which no one should ever watch because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a sham. But I did I did watch yeah. I shots fired. I did watch the the induction ceremony. Obviously, because Cheap Trick is a, 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 a big part of my life, and <laughs> and uh, they were all super super gracious, and they all played again like they're supposed to, and it was fine. You know, no one said anything bad. Everybody was super, super kind. And uh, actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, in the Cheap Trick exhibit, it's a snare drum that Bunny donated. And he wrote to Robin, he wrote, Robin, this would have never happened without you. Wow. So I don't know if that's old or new or whatever, or he's just trying to, you know, just mend fences, but. You, you, know. gotta, you gotta think that that must've been brewing for, for years. You know, had to be, had to be. I mean, to be yeah. together that long and to say, okay, now I've had it, you know, after, after 30 yeah, years. It, it just doesn't happen over a weekend, you know. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we all know the dynamic and we all know that what, what it takes to, to keep this, to, to keep the DNA of the, of the, the, the band, how that, how everything works. And, and, you know, one little piece gets out of whack, man, and it screws everything. It's just, you know, it's one thing because, you know, we talk about the idea and every band is the same as we talk about the idea of like, well, there's, there's really two to four hours of magic in every day. And that's the time that we're on the stage, you know, and, 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 and playing and having fun. But, and I've talked this, I've talked about this with other, other drummers and other musicians, like it's the other 22 to 20 hours in the van or mm -hmm. traveling, whatever. That's the important part. If you can't yep. make that happen, it's makes, and being on the stage may still be fun. I've been in bands where we hit the stage and that's the best part of the day. And the rest of the day is just drudgery. At some point, you know, that's going to break, that's going to snap and it's mm -hmm. not going to be good for anybody because even then being on stage won't be fun. Right. But yeah. do, be, being able to do the hang is the most, maybe, maybe one of the more important parts about being in a band. It's not, obviously playing together is important and liking each other important, but you know, hanging for that long together is is so important to make sure that, that chemistry transfers to what happens on stage that was cool you mentioned that in the interview with aaron um fred's last name the, the drummer we're talking about last week you, you mentioned aaron that. spears Spears. okay yeah. yeah yeah spears yeah and i mean and he knows i mean he, you know he know and he yeah. and when he joined usher you know he was the young gun and you know he he he, he talked about he was concerned every night about whether or not he was doing the right thing until finally he sat down and he asked the guys because no one was telling him anything. They, they would basically play the show, get off stage, get on the bus, go to the next thing or whatever, get on the plane or whatever. And no one was really talking about the show. So he started to feel like really nervous and really kind of self-conscious about it until finally one day he said, 
am I doing, am I doing this right? And they said, yes, you're doing it right, but you could be doing it a whole lot better. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And they finally, that, that, that kind of broke the ice and they became friends. And then they started, they started pushing him and like, okay, make sure you listen to this, make sure you're doing this. And he started doing his homework and then, you know, it became a much easier hang. The gigs got better and he, you know, he made some lifelong friends out of that situation. So sometimes that's all it takes. Just make, just talk to each other. You know, it's, it's still a relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, When you listen to people talk about how bands are like marriages, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, you'll spend weeks, sometimes months on the road, you know, in very, very close proximity. But at the end of it, you're, everybody's off in the different directions. Everybody's everybody, you know, and you, you're, you're, you, you end up being completely isolated at the end of that time, whereas you, you, you don't do that in, in, in a marriage, you know, yeah, you, get, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, I'm sure that was the Robin bunny kind of, uh, conflict thing, you know, who knows, but yeah. I mean, I, I read, I read articles, I read interviews with bunny. Robin has been very, and the band has been very kind of mum on the whole subject. And yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever asked, I've never asked Dax about it because I don't think it's my place to even, you know, want to, want to know that. But that, that I've seen him a bunch of times over the last couple of years and we just talked about drumming and, you know, stuff, family stuff and, and, and how the tours are going and stuff like that. So I don't really, I don't think it's anybody's place, you know, whatever happened, happened, you know, and we can read all the gossip we want to about it, but it's just a thing like, like, like Chad said, it's just something that was probably brewing for a long, long time. I and mean, that's why any band, any, any relationship, whether it's work, a band thing, uh, even a personal relationship, that's why shit falls apart because things get to a head and it's like, whatever, you know, and maybe it was hard to yeah. talk about it. Maybe no one to talk about it. I don't know. You're able yeah. to see, you're able to see as well in, 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 in bands that are, you know, to take the eighties for, for instance, the eighties, everybody was on the cover of every magazine and uh, doing every interview and doing every, you know, so they're everywhere at all time. And you can see where the split, you know, becomes a, a crack where the crack becomes a, you know, a, you know, irreplaceable or, you know, an unfixable situation. You can see that and you can watch that thing in real time. Now it's different because now you're getting, you're getting individual slices of, of these things, you know, people doing their podcasts and, and uh, people do, <laughs> uh, you know, people, you, you know, solo stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, it's more, it's, it's more, uh, it, 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 it's a very individual individually based you know situation now with 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 especially you know bands like ours that are you know work a lot but still you know seem to have a lot of time to well now we got a lot of time to do nothing yeah yeah but we had we had we had enough experience early on at least i mean united obviously of knowing you know friends first bandmates afterwards and all that sort of thing and we had opportunities to spend a lot of time together early on and sometimes I wonder if these bands that you know they 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 do their thing locally for for a little bit then they get signed and then all of a sudden they're basically living together for months at a time you know that's a different kind of experience from what we yeah. had but then also add in add in the 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 heroin and add in the coke and then add in the whores and add in the you know the alcohol you know that when you when you mix all that stuff in with all the aforementioned you know yeah exactly you're 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 really building on nothing you're building on you know complete 
you know, you, mm -hmm. you know, zero foundation. You know, you've got nothing yeah. to, you know. So yeah, we were lucky in that regard. We, we all, you know, kind of liked each other, and you know, we, we we when when the the when the substance became, you know, out of control, or we thought it was getting out of control, we just cut that. You know, yeah. You know, you know. The last thing I'll mention about that band topic too is like I hate to be, hate to be the gossip guy, but I read an interview with Matt Sorum. And Matt Sorum was a drummer for. Um, he plays in the cult. Uh, uh, he, he played in the cult for a while, and now I forget who he plays with now. But he played in Guns N' Roses for a long time. Basically, once uh, um, Steven Adler kind of went off the rails, they hired Matt Sorum, and, and Matt played on that uh, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 record. And, of course, that tour was, like, the biggest thing back in whatever year that was. Um, I can't remember. And, and basically, that tour is like an 18-month tour. Imagine that like not being home for a year and a half and, yeah. um, and, and being in that band, particularly with, you know, someone like Axl Rose and someone like Slash and two very strong personalities. And he said that basically like the last few months of the tour, no one was really talking to each other. They would go and they would do their thing and, and they'd play the shows. He says, you know, and we get back, you know, we, we flew back home from wherever they were, they were flying back to Los Angeles, which is where they were all based. And he said, um, you know, he said there was five of us in the band and the five of us walked off the airplane. There were five cars waiting for us. Ooh. We all got into our car and went home. And we, he's like, I haven't spoken to those guys. At that point, he said, I haven't spoken to those guys in the last year. And this was back in like 91 or 92. I so, I mean, imagine that. that I mean, that's sad because it's like, you know, you, you think that you're, you know, obviously you're working. And and that may be more like a, a hired gun, but still he recorded that record, so it seems like he's a band member. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But just the fact, just the fact to walk off the plane and be like, yeah, no correspondence, you know, at all. Yeah. It makes it makes me think about um, the Ramones. I know that Joey and 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 Johnny, right? They yeah. just didn't get along at all. Um, uh, it's like it's thing like some, something to do with one stealing the other's girlfriend or something like that. I'm guessing it must have run deeper than that because that's but but it's it's you know that's and they were they, did they ever actually break up? I know they just started dying off after a certain point. They, but they, they started they, dying they, off, but but they, it seemed like that they they were going through drummers like I mean a bunch of drummers yeah. and then there's a there's a great document there's a great documentary about it. I haven't seen it. It's 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 really really great and. Yeah, in that in that documentary, right at the very end, he's uh, Johnny's talking about his relationship with Joey, and his wife is off camera, like they're like having a conversation. It's really fucking weird. It's just really strange that, yeah, this is my girlfriend, and it was apparently it was Joey's. It's like the gossip column today. I love it. Yeah, it like, apparently it was Joey's like love of his life was this girl, and somehow she went with Johnny, and they got married and shit. Somewhere on my phone, I have a picture of Johnny's uh, grave in, in, in Los Angeles. I'll, I'll send it to you so you can post it. Okay. I'm not a huge fan, but the, the, his, his grave site is, is remarkable, so I took a picture of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. That, that, uh, yeah, I, I know what they did, and I was, you know, that, that was the other thing, too, that we, we, we received quite a, uh, quite a lot of uh, pushback on our, uh, well, actually on your guys' uh, disdain for the Eagles. 
I remember, I remember I said that they were really good, but they were overplayed. Yeah. But, but that was, that was really cool though. We, 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 we shook that hornet's nest. <laughs> right. and, yeah. Uh, that was, it was very fun. Happy to do it. Yes. So, so I think, I think we need to maybe not Ramon, but I think we need to, to find another band that we, that we all <laughs> just stay, just, you know, like just, just really hate and, and put a, put a, uh, you know, pile on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just hadn't really thought about it before. I just always assumed that everybody was felt as put upon by the Eagles as I did growing up as our, you know, most of my friends, but I've seen people on YouTube too. That, like, people have channels where they talk about music that I respect that people who are like deeply into metal and prog and things like that saying, yeah, the Eagles are cool. I, okay. yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, you know, the stuff that you didn't hear on the radio, which I think was two songs, you know, they, they're easier to listen to obviously, but the, 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 the harmony work, that's, that, that's always been my, that's always been the stuff that's yeah. on me. You know, I don't, I don't care for the rhythm section. I don't care for the high pitch, you know, saying, but, but I mean, just, just the, the you know, Mean potatoes, rock and roll. That's that's kind of where I that's that's where I live. Yeah. My two words were Joe Walsh. What about him? Ray Joe Walsh. I mean, great player. He's still, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he's the. I think for me, he's the one guy that brought any sense of legitimacy to that band because they weren't really a rock band. You know, they weren't really yeah. like a rock band. I mean, they were popular. And that, I mean, they, they, they kind of get lumped into the country rock category, which I think is even stranger. But when they got Joe in that band, it's like, oh, okay, now we can, you know. Joe's got, like Joe's, in, Joe's, Joe's uh, he's, 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 a, he's a spontaneous player and he's a, he's a great player and he's really, really expressive. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, uh, like, he kind of brought, he kind of brought a little bit of edge to that band that they didn't have, I don't think, before. You know, but anyway. What do I know? That thing yeah, was remarkable too in that all like all of them had really good big solo careers. Not all of them, but the, the three big guys. You know, Joe did, Don and uh, Yeah, I'm not a Glenn I'm not a Glenn Fry fan. I, <laughs> oh my god, that solo stuff is just yeah, it is. painful. Painful. He makes he makes And look where it got him. Look where it got him. <laughs> What's yeah. He, wow. yeah, uh um Becker from uh from uh, Steely Dan, his solo stuff. Oh, I haven't heard it. Don't, don't. It's, it's Is it like completely yeah. unlike Steely Dan? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought thought I said that. Well, you were probably sleeping. I, I said on one of the slapper cast that I, I sat front row at the Woodlands because uh, Dennis Chambers was playing drums for mm. uh, for Steely Dan. So I went and sat front row. And somebody had mentioned to me, and I'd forgotten, but they said, when Becker does his solo stuff, go get a drink. And I said, well, that can't be, you know, because Steely Dan's got so many, you know, he, it's got to have some semblance of a, of, of, boy, did it not. Um, it was awful. And it was just two notes into it, and you knew, beat it. It was terrible. This is not, not a direct parallel and, and talent or anything but but uh hall and oates the, obviously the the songwriting talent in that band was was daryl hall and john oates I, I saw this interview with him so i can't remember where this was i saw this uh actually pretty interesting interview with him where they're talking about his, him doing a solo stuff and i was like oh, this sounds cool and then i went and listened to it like oh god <laughs> like it's very it bore no comparison at all to yeah. all that stuff like, and, and, and you're glad to see that i want to i want to see the solo stuff 
I mean, you're glad to see, you're glad that they go off in a completely different direction versus the, the tattooed millionaire by Bruce Dickinson. He goes out and it kind of just sounds like another Maiden record, you know, without, you know, with lesser drums and lesser guitar. Just, mm-hmm. that's it. But when I, when I want to hear, uh, a, you know, a solo record, I like it to be, you know, like a, like a John Lennon record for, wait a minute, wait, did you guys try to trick me into a Beatles? Uh, so, uh, hold on. I want to see where this is going. That, that's a, that might be a good topic though, Chad, is think about like, think about like, like people that are in bands that go off and do solo records. I mean, what's, what's a good one? What's a bad one? You know? Yeah. 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 Obviously the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all hit and miss. I was surprised to hear that you were a fan of any of Paul's stuff. I didn't, I was, I was, uh, you talked about flower and flowers in the dirt a few weeks ago. Yeah, no, I like but, that record um, a lot. But there's a lot of shit they all, there too. There's a lot of Paul stuff that is just like, ugh. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody's yeah. in, in that band. It's just like, listen. Well, George in particular, his first two records are, are pretty pretty good, and then it just it just kind of falls off. Cloud Nine's okay. It's not quite as solid as his early stuff. The joke, the, the joke I used to t- when I when I taught rock history down at Wharton County Junior College, the joke I used to say was. You know, they only let George have like one song on every Beatles record, one or two maybe on the White Album. And so when he came out on a solo thing, yeah. his first record was a double album or triple yeah. album. And then, and he basically got it all out of his system because after that, mm-hmm. it kind of went, like you said, it kind of went like, yeah, downhill he was from more into racing cars and gardening after that, you know. And then, but he, it wasn't until, well, Traveling Wilburys came around and he was really, really excited about that project. That, that's a project. We, we've, we've, we've just, I, I can't tell you how many times we've played Traveling Wilburys yeah. in the van for just un, for to, unseen, unfathomable uh, miles, just not, I mean, over and over again. That stuff, it just, it, that's, that's truly, truly something to behold to listen to that. That's a, sonically and, you know, of course, the songwriting and then, you know, and to have Dylan take a lead when you have all these real singers in there and then you have Dylan say, but then you go, I, I love that song. You know, yeah. I love to hear him sing on that. They, they just, they, they just know how to put that. They know what is needed for, for what song. And, you know, anybody that that's going to Trump uh, uh, or, you know, get, get, get the part over, over Roy Orbison, you know, you had to have done something pretty magical, you know, to, yeah. spectacular to be able to, to, you know, they all would take a take a stab at singing the line, you know. Just, just, just. Oh, that's the amazing, the most amazing thing about it is that these huge, huge guys all, you know, all of them set their egos aside to just, just build something together. And yeah, I, uh, I love that documentary about that comes with the, the the box set. It needs to be so much longer. It's only like twenty minutes long or something. You know, they, <laughs> they, I wish they had more material, but I'm glad they got what they did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 incredible. So my favorite okay so here's the question favorite record done by what's the question i'm trying to ask here chad favorite record done by a band member meaning like is someone solo record. Some, so, solo record like a solo record yeah okay name the band and then name the record that the guy did i'll go first go for it yeah, you, I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say workbook uh, by uh, by uh, Bob Mould. Okay, cool. After 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 he left after he left Husker Du, 
I mean, yeah. Black Sheets of Rain, I think, was first, but the workbook record really is, is really stuck. That is a great record, yeah. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. I, I totally, I forgot about when we when we talked about Who's Could Do uh, a couple shows ago. Uh, I saw him play solo, too, at uh, Fitzgerald's, um, just with him and his guitar. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so good. It was so yeah. good. But yeah, I remember work, when Workbook came out, that was a big deal. I mean, uh, me and my friends around, around that time were like, wow, this is really cool. Because none of us were Who's Could Do fans. But he came out with that record, and it was kind of earth-shattering for us at the time. So good. I saw him. I saw him play with Sugar uh, one time, and I saw him do his solo show where he played like acoustic guitar, and then he brought the electric guitar. Did mm-hmm. you do that at the show in Houston? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Da 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 da. Okay, here's the next set. Yeah, like yeah. the loudest fucking thing ever. Yeah. And then, was, I, then, cool. and then I saw him on the on the Last Dog and Pony show tour back in back in. Uh, 99 or something like that with the full the full band doing the full band thing yeah Great. probably some drum, anyway. like, drummer back then was matt hammond uh our, our friend matt hammond from houston do you know matt i don't does he wear gloves when he plays he might i don't know this guy was wearing gloves <laughs> i don't re- i don't, uh, don't approve no. yeah but his bass player was jim wilson and jim wilson uh mastered um alan hill's last record oh cool so, yeah mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, Jim used to live in Austin, and it's funny because uh, my buddy Brent said, oh, and when, when he was doing his record, he's like, oh, we, we should get Jim to master it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I saw him, I'm like, did you play with, did you used to play with Bob Mould? He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I mastered his last two albums. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then when Alan was asking, I was like, well, I know this guy who might be a little bit different than what you, know, what you might get out of you know, Jerry Tubb or whoever else is doing stuff and, around. He's like, and he asked him, and, and Jim got it, and and he mastered it, and his record sounds good. So, cool. Six six degrees of Bob Mould right there. Yeah. Again, yeah. and again, that's another band that's like that's another band that's like just you know Bob and Grant Hart were kind of like boyfriends because they're both gay. They got, so they kind of became a relationship like in the band, and then the bass player is just like what's happening, you know, kind of a thing. So there's that also, there's a weird kind of chemistry going on, you know, and then right, yeah. um, super aggro, super aggressive music. And apparently on the last tour, like the bass player, Greg Norton never, never took his shoes off. Like he wore his shoes the whole time, like never changed his socks, never took his shoes. I mean, what the fuck is that all about? You know, that's enough to make somebody go crazy. I think in, in the van, yeah. you know, after a yeah. while. Um, yeah. And that band just, just explode, you know, they just imploded. I mean, after that, uh, after that um, warehouse record, you know, a double, their last record was a double record. You know, it went to, it's, it, and it's like probably 75% of it's really good. Uh, you know, Candy Apple Gray is their first big um, studio release. Warner Brothers signed them then. And then they did, um, they did the warehouse record. And they're like, okay, we're done. And then next thing you know, Bob's doing a solo record. Grant's doing a solo record. Greg was a chef at some point. Like he went back and was a culinary guy. So, and of course, Grant Grant's dead now, but Bob's still out there doing it anyway. Yeah, mine. The the <laughs> my mine is. I'm just going left field just because just because I can. But mine, I, I would have to say, and, and it still blows me away to this day. Uh, my I would go George Michael just simply because I laughed so hard at my my youngest sister when she listened to Wham. I was like, "Do you realize what you're listening to?" And then years later, this voice kept appearing on the radio and I said what is that and I can't I, I don't want to know because I think I know 
pretty sure it was the soundtrack of, it seemed to be, you know, the whole, you know, um, pastel, you know, candy coated 80s, you know, and this voice kept appearing and showing up. And then these songs just kept kept, kept becoming more soulful and jazzier. And then George Michael's voice appeared in San Francisco. Who is that? And I said, oh, so good. Just, just the voice. And then I, I, I said on two, two shows ago, I said about, uh, you know, Queen should just hang it up. You just hang it up. Just walk away. Yeah. But hearing Somebody to Love sung by George Michael in Wembley Stadium for Freddie's tribute. That, I mean, I've got goosebumps now thinking about it. Pretty so, dang good. Yeah. I mean, and to be able to, to you know, to have a, you know, a, to, a, to be able to, to stand on that stage with that band and, and, deliver what he, what he delivered but just to just to to absolutely shut that crowd down just you know or raise them up whichever way you're looking at it that was just i, I don't know if there's ever been a better uh um you know there's just nobody else to you can't touch his blue suede shoes freddy's but it, you know if you're going to you know george was the uh, that was the just what a delivery well i mean to, to that point i mean i mean george had a great, he had a really good voice, right? He's a really good singer, but that wham shit, it's just like, they're just kids. You know, they're just two kids yeah. trying to find their way. And then by yeah. the time he, his solo stuff hit, he's like, okay, and I'm, 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 I'm more okay. mature now. And, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to do these more songs that seem to be a little bit more important, not quite so fluffy as wake me up before you go, go. Um, you know what? I'm kind of surprised that, that like the guys in Duran Duran, and maybe they haven't, I just haven't heard about it. Maybe that's why. There's probably a good reason for that, but I'm, I'm surprised like Simon LeBon didn't do a solo career. I think he did. I think he did work on Did he do a record? Yeah, the other guys yeah. did Power Station. John and Eddie did that, yeah. And I know I know the drummer for Duran Duran was kind of a, not schizophrenic, but I think he was, uh, he had some mental issues. So he was really like, a, like kind of like, not stage fright, but he didn't like crowds and stuff like that. So agoraphobia, is it? The fear of crowds? Anyway. Yeah. So there's a lot of necrophilia, yeah, necrophobia, uh, the fear of fucking a dead person. Um, You're alive, yeah. Um, But I know that he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of uh, like 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 mental issues, and so you know they would they they were super huge, and then they kind of got quiet, and they kind of came back. And somewhere, uh, I was watching a Duran Duran concert. It was like on Axis or something like that. And if you watch the drummer, he looks very uncomfortable. Really? He's playing great. He's playing great, though. I mean, he's he's driving the bus. He's nailing those songs. Leslie's a big fan of them. But uh, you look at his face when when they show his face. He's just like he's just like, yeah, like no emotion, weird, just though. eyes wide open, kind of like what happened yeah. to you guys. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a drummer to me. But that's Fair that's a, that's a but but to to me he kind of looked awkward, like at Clive Burr, early days, Maiden. Uh, he, he his technique looked so forced, and that that's the way that Duran Duran drummer looked like to to me. He just his technique just didn't. There was no flow. Everything looked like he was we'll pushing see. everything. And now and another thing, I was watching this the other day. Um, God damn, what was the band? Uh, uh, oh, we 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 were talking about Space Hog the other day. Mm-hmm. If you ever looked him up, but if if you get a chance check out some space hog 
definitely, definitely an acquired taste. Um, I know Dr. Somali likes it because of the massive David Bowie influence. Um, but their, uh, uh, their early drummer, the guy that played on Resident Alien, I don't know any of their names. I know Royston Langdon and Anthony Langdon, but Anthony left. But their drummer on their earlier, on the earliest stuff on Resident Alien, I think maybe the second record, but just so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch. Just, and I'm a great voice too, great singer, great performer. And then I saw uh, a concert from 2004 or five or six, and uh, the drummer just boring as hell to watch. And there's nothing worse than, you know, you can nail the part, but you've got to give something. And just the, the contrast in a band and the, the, the career, you know, tanked. I just, again, it, it just looked like they just kind of let the foot off the gas. I, it, they sounded to me like they could do anything musically, but it looked like they, they put, they took the foot off the gas and. Yeah. yeah that's a shame. But the drummer, with the, the, you know, even, even, with, even with the drummer in the back on a riser or on the whatever it is, when there's no passion, when there's no, 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 you know, power behind it, it just, it's, 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 it sinks the whole, it sinks the whole show. Yeah. What was the name of going back to power station? And do either of you remember who that drummer was that he was in another? Tony Thompson. Is that who it was? And he was, what was the name, what was the name of the band he was in? Uh, he, he was in like a Sheik or something like that. Uh, he played for Sheik for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he dead. He's he's dead too. I know. That's what I was about to say. That that was so clearly a the, the thing that really drove that band was him. If you thought the drums were just so aggressive, uh, kind of had that Phil Collins, that Phil Collins sound to the drums. Yeah, yeah that definitely eighties uh, gated sound to those drums. But man, they were way up in the they're way up in the mix though too. I mean, he's 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 beating the shit out of those things. Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, and they are up in the mix. And they I, live eighty. I think he did the double drumming with uh, Phil Collins for the Led Zeppelin stuff. Oh, okay. That would remember be, remember yeah. Phil flew Phil flew across the ocean to sit yeah. in with Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. 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 Well, I have to look that up. I totally forgot. But but I, I also want to say, you know, without without you can't mention to me, you can't mention Duran Duran or Power Station without saying without the brilliance of John Taylor. Yes. I was about to say that earlier. Oh my God. I'm yeah. just, I, I, I'm listening to the Duran Duran stuff now. Big fan now of, of that stuff. Because again, it was one of those things you laughed at because these uh, men dressed as women ish, you know, it wasn't near as bad as the rat poison thing, but uh, just the, the, the music seemed horrific. And now you go back and it's mind blowingly good. It, it's it, it, John Taylor's work on all those records. I, I don't know if anybody in the band is as under undersung as that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really cool. Yeah, it's, it, that's the thing about you know we like like Patrick just kind of nailed it. We, you know, we looked at them back then as being like ugh, kind of like pop fluffs and you know whatever. But the reality mm -hmm. of it is, and it's still true. Like a lot, I mean, if you were a band in the eighties, there's a pretty good chance that you knew how to play your instrument because you had to, you know, you, there was no getting around it. You could put keyboards in it or whatever, but you know, you still have to be able to play your instrument. And that's yeah. a classic, that's a classic case of a band that everyone knew what there was, everyone knew what their job was and they did it, they did it very well.
Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and and, and again, go back to the uh, go back to the, the to the lyrics. Just look at some of the lyrics Simon Le Bon wrote. They're they're not candy coated. They're well placed, well written, you mm-hmm. know, structured lyrics. Yeah. And 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 try to find the uncensored girls on film video. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was that was yeah. kind of cutting edge for 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 that time. We're gonna make a video with naked chicks in it, and they actually did. At least they were topless, you know. So yeah, yeah. find it. Let's share it with yeah. everyone. Share it with the world. Um, yeah. And also, uh, speaking of videos, speaking of videos, we are going to make a video. Yeah. What? Yes, yes. So I think we should ask our wonderful uh, viewers and uh, listeners, and you know, uh, just just uh, you know, the gang in general, just see if uh, if they have any uh, any video ideas because we're going to uh, we're, we've been throwing this around all this week, and also we're going to yeah. bring you we're going to bring um, well first off we're going to bring all our Patreon uh, kids into a rehearsal. We spoke about that. So the reason why we're doing this uh, this Zoom uh, uh, Zoomy cast today is uh, Chad's under the weather, right? Know what it is? I've, I've got a sore throat. I'm not sure what's going on with it. It's one of those things where that's the only symptom. So I was just like, uh, Chad, maybe I should stay home to see what's going on. I, I feel oh, fine so yeah. now. Get you, get yeah. you. Um, yeah. So we we um, we're you know talking about doing a yeah. Uh, uh, a uh, little rehearsal and uh, bringing the, bringing in the camera and a l- little bit of you know and some uh, some uh, songwriting you know yeah uh, just behind the scenes kind of stuff but also we, we're 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 gonna so we're gonna shoot a video we're talking about um, ideas so um, I, I you know again we've got some very very creative very funny very uh, very intelligent people listening and watching and stuff and it'd be yeah. kind of cool to get there uh, get, get, you know get some of that some ideas yeah but yeah when when you said you know the x the 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 x-rated girls on film i said yeah we can we can make that video hello (laughs) yeah i'm I'm just really curious to see what what we could come up with because it was during my experience when i was editing last week's show uh cutting the different camera angles and stuff which is something i'd I'd wanted to do but i I thought it would be way more time consuming than it actually was so like wait we can do this yeah it was cool Thank you. So, Thank you. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's a kind of long one of those things that's long overdue <laughs> with us because we've never we've it's been come up with com- in conversation several times over the years, but we've never actually pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, cool. we should, we should definitely do something like that. And, and uh, so again, we're you know just to 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 reiterate too that we are going we're we're these clubs are starting to call us again. And uh, find out they're 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 testing the waters, and we're certainly we're eager to test the waters and get back get back out there and play. Make sure you know as long as it's safe, and you know want to keep everybody else safe and whatnot. But we gotta we gotta keep this uh, we we gotta keep our finger on the pulse and try to you know figure out when we're gonna get back to it. And yeah, you know, live, the live streaming has been really really fun, and everybody's been so gracious and so generous and so wonderful in their um you know in help, helping us spread it around and get the word out and blah 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 but um you know we've uh, you know obviously got to get back to what we do and we got to you know we got to be safe and we got to be um you know we got to be loud and we got to be rocking it's got to happen quick so yeah 
it's it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine actually posted. They actually, he actually played a gig on Sunday, over yeah. in Atlanta. Uh, they what and what they what they did was there was uh, and like an outside cafe kind of a thing, and yeah. they put those uh, those metal uh, you know keep the crowd back at a rock concert thing. They had those yeah. around the band with signs saying "Don't you know do not approach more closer than six feet." I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, do not feed the animals. That's but cool. so I mean, some some people are starting to do it. So I mean, like like Patrick said, as long as it's safe for us and safe for the fans, you know, we would be happy to play yeah. almost anywhere at this point. I think. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hey, so 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 before before we before we wrap this up, Chad, is there a way that you can hit the unrecord button? And we can stay on afterwards for a little bit and talk about some stuff. Yeah, I mean, not not right now, but I mean, I'm, you know, you can you can actually edit this all this shit out right anyway, right? Yeah, I'm gonna edit it. <laughs> okay, so we can we can keep talking about what I have some yeah. band business stuff I want to talk about, but it's right. probably just for our ears only. So yeah, yeah. well, I thought I would hope we were gonna do that anyway. Okay. So, is that <laughs> you were about to say something, there, Patrick, before that? Yeah, just uh, in 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 wrapping it up, you know, thanks thanks for thanks to everybody as usual, and we're uh, extremely excited about what's coming. And stay in touch with us because we we're, we we've got some stuff that we want to uh, we want to share with you rather quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right, thanks, y'all. We will see you next week. See you guys. <laughs>